Greetings again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of OSI Today, the podcast featuring news and views from around the Office of Special Investigations. I'm Wayne Amon from OSI Public Affairs, and in this edition, we continue our very special series, My OSI Journey, which showcases the diversity and inclusion of our command-wide members. And today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Mr. Lee Russ, the recently named Executive Director with OSI's Office of Special Projects and the Air Force Space Force Special Access Program Security Director. Mr. Russ, welcome aboard. Great to have you with us. So uh, glad you're able to fit us in your schedule. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the time. Uh, excited to be here and uh, share a little bit about my story within the organization. Okay, sir. Well, let's uh, kind of, uh, if we can, let's begin by kind of turning the, the clock back just a bit, if we may. Uh, how and when did you become interested in law enforcement and subsequently OSI? In other words, how did uh, Lee Russ's OSI career begin? Yes, sir. Um, so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll turn the clock back a little bit here. Uh, so I grew up in uh, rural Ohio, and uh-huh. during high school, I was an active member of uh, the Police Explorers, which is a, a subsection of uh, the Boy Scouts of America. Right. Um, so I was a police explorer with the Jackson Township Police Department. Okay. Um, ironically, uh, that was through high school, but I, I rose to the rank of uh, chief of that explorer post, which I, I often joke may have been my first introduction into a, uh, a leadership role. There you go. <laughs> um, there's a, uh, an individual uh, patrolman, uh, John Angelo, who uh, is a great leader and mentor of mine and someone who led the, uh, the explorer post uh, at that time. So uh, I'll say, John, uh, he really challenged me to grow, uh, live by a set of core values, and really made me uh, fall in love with law enforcement and helping other people. And, and as, as you know, uh, often uh, people that struggle to help themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so that and, you know, the occasional adrenaline rush uh, likely cemented my drive to, to work in law enforcement. Um, so at the time, I was... Uh, uh, in high school, uh, I would, I would uh, say largely unfocused or unchallenged with a play on the pay for college, uh, or even if I wanted to go to college. Right. So the Air Force, uh, they came knocking, uh, and I was immediately interested. Um, I had this vision or a strategy at the time that if, if I went into the Air Force for four years, I was committed to doing four years in a computer or IT field, uh-huh. uh, I could attain a, a bachelor's degree and get out. Uh, and then at that point, I would be marketable in federal law enforcement. I see. But uh, little did I know that uh, I would love the Air Force. Uh, <laughs> it would take me almost nine years to finish that bachelor's degree. Uh-huh. Uh, and then that there was this uh, organization called OSI that uh, that I would eventually uh, create a relationship with. And I'll just I'll briefly mention on that. So yeah, I was uh, I was first exposed to OSI during my first active duty military assignment in Minot, North Dakota. Um, I was a computer systems operator. Uh-huh. Um, I routinely interacted with OSI agents that came to my uh, my workplace to pick up uh, official messages, uh, which were referred to at the time as audited messages. Okay. Um, so I spent time trying to understand uh, their mission, uh, my level of interest, I would say. And I was definitely interested and I closely tracked my career timelines. Um, and at the first opportunity for me to apply uh, I cross-trained the OSI. <clears throat> so I was accepted uh, at the time I was a senior airman when I was accepted in the OSI. Um, I attended the OSI Academy in January of 2001. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, at, at the time that I graduated, I was the youngest agent in OSI. It's certainly, oh, wow. not, the case, certainly not the case anymore, but it was about <laughs> That's a nice claim to fame, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and, and so I served on active duty uh, for about nine years. Uh, five years of that time was a, as a, an enlisted special agent. And then uh, in 2006, I separated from active duty and was uh, lucky enough to be hired back to OSI at the time as a, as a GS-11 special agent. Wow. Okay. Very, very good. And, and now, obviously, uh, the rest has been history uh, with your uh, rise uh, through the ranks. Now, uh, Mr. Russ, were there any challenges that uh, you faced once you joined OSI and how did you overcome them? Uh, I would imagine I talked to some people, you know, when I ask them that question, they say, well, to learn how to speak OSI, in other words, they have their own lingo. Uh, was that part of the uh, maturation process for you as well? Yeah, of course, that's a, uh, within any, I'll say, military organization. There's a lingo that takes a while to uh, um, to get used to. I'll also say that uh uh, I don't struggle might be a, a strong word, but it took a while to adjust to having the ability to uh, run your own investigations, uh-huh. uh, organize your own um, work schedule uh, to be able to meet the meet the timelines and of those investigations. Uh-huh. Um, but there's another challenge uh, that I, I specifically faced um, when I joined OSI, and it's not specific to OSI, but larger the Air Force. So as I mentioned, I, I served on active duty from uh, 97 to 2006. Right. Um, at the time, don't ask, don't tell was the policy, uh, the U.S.'s policy on military service for uh, non-heterosexual people uh-huh. that was instituted during the Clinton administration. Right. So, uh, you know, kind of uh, in the Wayback Machine, the policy prohibited military personnel from discriminating against or harassing um, homosexual or bisexual service members right. um, at the time. So it essentially barred openly uh, gay, lesbian, or bisexual uh, persons from military service. Right. So it was in effect from uh, 94 until 2001, uh, 2011, which uh, was my entire time that I served on active duty. Uh-huh. So, uh, uh, as a as a gay airman at the time, that was a, a very challenging time for me. Right. Um, in 2002, 2003, I faced a uh, retaliatory allegation um, that I, as I, I'll say I assessed as potentially detrimental to my Air Force career. Right. Um, so I worked uh, closely with Service Members Legal Defense Network to kind of formulate a, a legal position. And I was lucky enough to uh, to stay in the Air Force at the time, but I'll say it was uh, specifically because of uh, two amazing supervisors I had in OSI uh-huh. um, that value my hard work uh, and performance over my sexuality. I see. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll forever be grateful for those supervisors uh, and not derailing my, uh, my early career and allowing me to grow within this organization. Right. Now, uh, that kind of ties right in with my next question, Mr. Russ. Uh, who or what has inspired you to do your best in OSI? I would imagine that uh, support system that you received uh, early on was very important. Um, yeah, the... Uh, um, kind of click my thoughts on... on uh, oh, sure. Yeah. Could you repeat the question, sir? Sure. No, no problem. Um, who or what inspires you or has inspired you to do your best in OSI? 
Yeah, so there's probably a long list here. Um, I'll say for me, uh, um, it, it's largely what inspires me to do my best in OSI. Okay, um, that's fair enough, sure. Yeah, sure. Ch- challenges. Um, for me, being challenged and going out of my way uh, to push to the next level, I'll say is in- inspiring. Okay. Um, sometimes, you know, sometimes life needs uh, changes because things become stale or stagnant or predictable, right? Right. right. Um, not an OSI. Uh, I get that fulfillment from OSI because it challenges me to break the mold. Um, and the ability to come up with new ideas is, uh, is uh-huh. kind of exciting. Sure. Um, I'll also say, uh, uh, friends with OSI, uh, everywhere I've lived or, uh, found myself in life, uh, I've been surrounded by great friends, right. um, and the OSI family is no different. They've really helped me through, uh, tough times. They've celebrated me with good times. Uh, they've shown me, um, I'll say, you know, the, 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 family or the love exists, uh, uh, within the organization. And it, it truly is a, a family. Um, it sounds like for you, uh, Mr. Rush, it's, it's, uh, that, uh, that love has been pretty palpable for you. Yeah, it, it absolutely has. I mean, there's all kinds of things that make, you know, inspires me, uh, within OSI, uh, stability, job security. Um, I mentioned earlier the, uh, the sense of investigating the unknown. I mean, every investigation or operation that comes through the door is is different so um you don't get stagnant in your job Uh Um, a great work culture um helping others so there's a there's an entire laundry list of things that kind of really inspires me but those are kind of some of the highlights sure uh next up mr russ uh what has been the most gratifying part of your job with osi or or uh has has there been a lot of gratifying uh, parts for you uh in your career yeah, I'll kind of break it down by by two areas. I think um, mission and people. Um, our mission uh, is one of the main areas and probably the most satisfying or gratifying part of my job with OSI. <clears throat> um, for the uh, servicing investigative and counterintelligence agency for the entire Department of the Air Force, yeah. as you know, includes the Air Force and the Space Force. Sure. Uh, so we're charged with safeguarding. Uh, uh, one of the areas is safeguarding our technological advantage. And that's that's really where I've worked the majority of my career is in counterintelligence and technology protection. Right. Um, I've had the opportunity to see capabilities uh, that were ideas, I'll say, on the back of a napkin, uh, actually <laughs> become capabilities that were delivered to our warfighter. Right. Um, after uh, uh, the terrorist attacks of 9-11, I saw capabilities uh, that were were fielded in just a few years that would normally take 20, 25 years to field. They were fielded in just a few years right? and are now enabling our warfighters and providing uh, information to decision makers. So that, that's uh, been extremely valuable to me. Um, I just, as you mentioned, I was just uh, recently selected to serve as the executive director of OSI's Office of Special Projects. Right. Um, and that position is dual-hatted. I'm also the uh, security director for the Department of the Air Force uh, Special Access Programs. Right. But uh, quite a large role. Uh, we're in excess of 400 and probably about 430 people at 41 field offices across the United States, Hawaii, and Germany. Sure. Um, so it's it's such a, a fun mission. Um, we're uh, uh, really looking at the critical technologies, the rapid acquisition process, research and development, uh, early partnerships with uh, 
our partners in uh, universities, research centers, national labs, our uh, close partners within the defense industrial base uh, and uh, acquisition leaders. So I get to work with all those amazing people, uh-huh. uh, some of the smartest and brightest people you'll, you'll ever meet. Right. Um, so th- that, that really kind of uh, is the mission area uh, that I'm very, very passionate about. And I've, like I said, devoted the majority of my career to. Right. But also the people. I spoke about it, I believe, in the last question. But uh, uh, my OSI family, uh, you know, working with friends and and caring people, um, you know, kind of makes all the workplace strife so the workplace politics kind of go away. It, you know, it, it fosters a sense of trust and uh, uh, among team members, uh, uh-huh. which really kind of translates into job satisfaction, right? Right, so, right. Um, so yeah, mission and people, I would say, is the uh, the most gratifying part of my job. I've I've been it with I've been a special agent with OSI for 21 years I believe now. Right. Um, and it's still fun to get up and go to work. Uh, there you go. Yeah, my they, job. They, is, they say they say when it ceases to become fun, well that's when you should get, get out. <laughs> absolutely. It's changed over the years. I mean, obviously I started as a a field agent as a young airman in the Air Force um and, and now as a, a member of the senior executive service, I I manage people and and processes and lead, lead the organization. Um, but uh, it's still fun to come to work. Absolutely. Oh, definitely. I'm going to stick with the, the people theme if I can for a minute, sir. Uh, now that you are the leader of hundreds of uh, special projects, folks at uh, dozens of locations, uh, from your perspective as the uh, PJ leader now, why is diversity and inclusion foundational to the success of OSI? Yeah, diversity and inclusion is really a topic uh, that's kind of near and dear to my heart um, as I grew up in the organization. Um, you know, the Department of the Air Force is a uh, is a diverse in itself, um, and as we uh, within OSI look to provide a service uh, to the Department of the Air Force, um, we need to be diverse also, right? We right. need to be as diverse, if not more diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, diversity and inclusion is. I'll say foundational to our uh, OSI success uh, for the same reasons that uh, diversity and inclusion are foundational to the success of any organization or business. Right. Uh, Creating an environment where individuality is acknowledged, uh, differences are uh, are respected, um, and I'll say that collaboration is expected, Uh uh, all in the furtherance of uh, building a stronger team to to tackle that mission. Um, you know, we, uh, right. uh, diversity and inclusion is, uh, essential to, uh, any business, um, and, uh, making people from different backgrounds and cultures, um, welcome in the workplace, but also they bring different, uh, positions or different thoughts. Right. 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 Um, so with the, diver- you know, with diversity, having a diverse workforce, um, my workforce is, uh, is within OSI PJ is extremely diverse uh-huh. um, across, uh, you know, obviously uh, uh, race and gender and religion lines, um, sexuality, um, but also um, just in the, uh, the type of employees we have. And by that, I mean, special agents, uh, security specialists, uh, right. uh, security control assessors uh, working on uh, networks, intel analysts polygraph examiners. Um, uh, we have a, 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 a significantly diverse workforce. Um, right. I think that brings a, uh, a level of uh, innovation and creativity, um, a different set of skills, uh, and probably 
um, drives happier employees, increased productivity, um, understanding our customer, which is the Air Force. So yeah, diversity and inclusion is uh, extremely important uh, within our within our workplace. Well said. Uh, kind of dovetailing on that a little bit, if I may, uh, what direction do you envision OSI going into the future? Sir, this is this is a great question. Um, I really think, uh, you know, with the uh, creation of the Space Force uh, and the services that we uh, we provide to the Space Force, I believe in the future we'll we'll continue to be technology uh, protection focused. And uh, what I mean by that is, uh, uh, you know, General General Brown, our chief of staff of the Air Force, kind of uh, was quoted as saying, "Accelerate change or lose." Correct. Uh, that's and right. that's really that's really what we need to do is accelerate change, uh, be able to deliver uncompromised capabilities um, or we or we risk losing. Right. Right. Um, our current environment is shaped by uh, declining resources uh, and aggressive global competition, uh, high demand for uh, rapid acquisition, rapid technology development and fielding that to our warfighters. Um so I believe our national security is dependent on the CI community, the counterintelligence community's ability to rapidly adjust to those threats right. um, and be able to identify, mitigate, and neutralize foreign intelligence and insider threats. Uh-huh. Or we lose, right? Sure. Um, sure. I think sense, on the, yeah. I think on the international front, um, our international security environment is getting more competitive um, and dangerous with the return of uh, great power competition. Uh-huh. Um, as we uh, continue to integrate, integrate technologies with our allies like we've never seen before, uh, you know, joint acquisitions such as the F-35, the Joint Strike Fighter. Right. Um, uh, we need to be able to integrate uh, counterintelligence along the way because uh, with, our, with our allies, a, a threat to one is a risk to all. Uh, yeah. As we look at these joint these joint endeavors, right. Um, so we really need to focus on uh, accelerating collection, analysis, and assessment of intelligence threats uh, uh-huh. to inform and to be able to inform our uh, acquisition decisions. I see. Because the uh, and I'll just kind of summarize the speed and accuracy of those decisions, those acquisition acquisition decisions uh, affect. Uh, the cost of our acquisitions, the performance, and the schedule, which uh, essentially at the end translates into military advantage and the ability uh, to increase our uh, national security. I see. Okay, very very well said. Now, uh, if you can't put on your recruiting hat just for a second, if you could, sir, what advice would you give someone uh, who'd like to join OSI? Sure. This is a, this is a fun question because uh, over the years, trying to uh, encourage people, uh, mentor people to come into OSI, uh, I've seen some of the challenges um, where they where they have struggled, and I, I, I'll kind of break it down in uh, maybe in the four general areas. Um, as a, a former commander of OSI, General Jacobson said, uh, "Performance matters." Right. Um, so whether that's uh, in college, if that's in uh, working in nonprofits, if that's working in the private sector, um, if that's uh, volunteering, uh, performance matters. Um, and then I'll say uh, uh, opportunities to mentor, uh, to teach and lead are highly valued. Uh-huh. Um, even as a young person, that, that those, those uh, uh, opportunity, you know, taking advantage of those opportunities show that uh, 
you know, you're a, a young leader in development. Um, right. And that's, that's something that OSI looks for, you know, independent thinkers, um, people that interact well with others um, and are able to uh, mentor, teach and, and lead others. Right. Um, there's some areas that are always, always uh, valuable as you uh, look into OSI. Um, I often call them, you know, technical studies, but I don't know if that's the right terminology, but, uh, you know, acquisition backgrounds, contracting backgrounds, computer backgrounds, language backgrounds, right. um, you know, those, uh, those competencies that are uh, challenged to, challenging to teach someone, but also um, we often don't get people in the law enforcement field uh, that are looking into those, uh, th- those specific uh, uh, education backgrounds. So that's often right. helpful to our organization as we support the larger Air Force. Sure, sure. And then I'll just say that uh, grades matter, right? Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I've seen many people go, you know, get out of high school, go on to college and uh, just kind of uh, do mediocre and end up with a, a degree and then struggle to uh, get into organizations like OSI that's extremely competitive. So right, uh, right. grades matter. Okay, very good. And so uh for the uh young youngsters listening to this podcast, uh study hard. Uh, it'll it'll pay off in the end, no doubt about that. Uh now uh, uh if we go back in time again just a little bit if we may uh as we uh, almost wrap this up. If you could do it all over again, Mr. Russ, is there anything that you would change about your OSI career? Wow. Um I honestly don't think so. Um, okay. I, I don't think there's anything substantive I would change. Um right. I'll say there's there's pros and cons to every decision, right? Right. Um right. at times I regret not spending more time overseas, um, uh, especially uh an assignment in Europe. Um but OSI's been very, very good to me. Sure. Um, like I mentioned, I served as a as an enlisted agent, as a civilian agent. Um, most recently obtained the grain of grade of senior executive service. Right. Um, and congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I've completed a bachelor's degree while on active duty. Um, the air force sent me to do two master's degrees, uh, countless technical and managerial leadership courses. Um, I've had the opportunity to travel the world and do, uh, a job that is really meaningful to protect our nation's most sensitive technologies. So, right. I don't think I could ask for uh, much more. And like I mentioned early on, it's been a fun ride. 21 years later, I'm still having fun doing it. There you go. There you go. Uh, before we wrap it up, is there anything else you'd like to add? I don't believe so. I'll just say uh, um, thanks for your time. Um, I, I, I'm very passionate about our mission, uh, about, the, about OSI, uh, the mission that we provide, uh, and, and supporting the larger Department of the Air Force. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to tell my OSI story, though. Very well said, sir. Our guest has been Mr. Lee Russ, the executive director of OSI's Office of Special Projects and the United States Air Force and United States Space Force Special Access Program Security Director. Mr. Russ, thanks again for joining us today. It was great to chat with you. Thank you, sir. Thanks to everyone. And thanks to all of you listening for tuning in. For OSI Today, my OSI journey, I'm Wayne Amon saying so long for now.